Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Andrea Skornick as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, Amen. Amen. about nine years old, my family took a trip to some of the national parks. And on one of those days, as we were out exploring, we came across a hiking opportunity. At the top, there was supposed to be this beautiful mountain lake surrounded by cascades, and the sign gave the impression that it was a mild hike, not too long and suitable for children. So we thought, let's do it. At some point in, we realized that this was not a mild hike. That might be in the eye of the beholder, I guess. And we weren't prepared. This was back before people just carried water bottles everywhere. And we most recently had been living in Kansas, so it's not like we had a lot of hiking going on for reference. (laughs) As we were resting on one of those little shoulders trying to figure out, we just head back and go uh, to our campsite. My brother, who was about four at the time, looked at the people who were having their water breaks next to us and said, wow, that looks like some really delicious water. (laughs) I wish we had some. (laughs) And of course, taking pity on this sweet little child, they gave us one of their extra bottles and we all were able to get a drink. He did that at the next stop, (laughs) and the next one, until finally we made our way to the top. And thank goodness we did, because the views were every bit as gorgeous as they said they were. And we got to play in that crystal clear mountain lake, and we got one of the best pictures our family has ever taken that, of course, went on the Christmas card and was framed on the wall later. But we wouldn't have gotten to the top, or gotten the Christmas card, or taken the dip in the lake if it weren't for my brother's absolute shamelessness. (laughs) I bring this up because today's stories are about some people, are about people who stand out for their shamelessness in asking. In the first lesson, it's Abraham asking the Lord on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. God's plan is to destroy the city, but Abraham says, what if there are 50 righteous people? Will you spare the city on their behalf? And each time God agrees, and each time Abraham lowers the number a little bit. What about 40? What about 35? It's very gutsy. But surprisingly, up to a point, God is willing to go along with it. All that talk about it. And then in our gospel reading today, Jesus 
tells a parable of a man who comes to his friend in the middle of the night asking for bread. Jesus says the man will get the bread not because the two are friends, but because he is persistent. <laughs> At the time, the honor code was such that you were supposed to supply a friend with need. So having someone there standing knocking at your door all night would not have been a good look. So the man would have answered the call to avoid being shamed as much as anything. This parable is part of Jesus' response when the disciples asked him how to pray. So if we take these two stories, Abraham and the man, to inform our understanding of prayer or how we make our requests to God, the implication seems to be, be bold, be persistent, knock and the door will be opened, seek and you will find, as the gospel says, which is fabulous. But is that actually how we experience prayer? Is that how we think that we can approach God? Do we feel like we can just ask for anything? Or does that feel like it would be manipulative and transactional? Like you're saying the prayer just so you can get the thing. And what is it okay to ask for? We're familiar with versions of the prosperity gospel that seem more rooted in materialism than the way of Jesus, and we don't want that, but where is the line? And what about those prayers that seem to go unanswered? Not the prayers for luxury cars, but for things we really need, or for loved ones, or for our hurting world. The human race has always struggled with prayer, and not just in Christianity. Even in the earliest forms of religion, we see that question of how do you approach the deity? How does this whole thing work? For us, though, what resolves these tensions and allows us to approach God boldly and not worry about doing it right or judge our prayers based on their outcome comes from the very thing Jesus says in response to his disciples when they ask him how to pray. The first thing he says is, when you pray, say, Father. Now we are all very familiar with the language of God as Father, like in the Lord's Prayer. But when Jesus told people to call God Father at the time, it would have shocked their ears. Because up to that point, there was no calling God Father or Mother. This was the first religious, spiritual framework to talk about God as the divine parent. You see, it's still not common in most religions of the world. But to say Father or Mother to God changes everything. It's no longer approaching a removed deity or a king-like figure who lords over his subjects or a fickle God that you have to try and appease or coerce. To address God as a parent implies a relationship, and not just any relationship, but one of the most foundational, formative ones that we have. And this is the lens that we are supposed to look at prayer with. If we look at God as our divine parent, we know even from our imperfect expressions of parenting, 
that parents want to give their children good things. It feels so good to be able to meet their needs or see the way they light up when they get something that they wanted. That innate desire we have comes from God and is part of who God is. So when we make our requests, it's not to a God with arms crossed, guarded, and withholding. It's more like to a parent who is lost in their love for the child and who is zealous to give. Jesus even notes this in the passage saying, is there any of you who if your child asks for a fish is going to give a snake, or if they ask for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you know how to give good gifts, how much more so is it with God? So when we pray, we can approach God knowing that this is God's desire. Additionally, if we look at God as divine parent, it means we can see ourselves as God's children. And as we know, children can be shameless in their requests. <laughs> like my brother asking for water, but it's shameless in the positive sense, like without shame or fear. It's like Abraham and the man at midnight in the stories. Coincidentally, children like to ask for things in the middle of the night, too. <laughs> and in healthy relationships, they can ask anything. They can ask away. They go to the parents thinking, I don't have to be afraid to ask you. I'm your child. For us, this means when we talk to God, we don't have to filter ourselves or even worry about what we say to God or ask God. We can approach God with the same delightful inhibition. In thinking about approaching prayer as a relationship, we can also see how requests are about more than just getting something. Like with family members and friends, we tell them our needs and our desires, even if we know they can't always fulfill them. But they have a relational value because that's part of sharing ourselves. In the same way, the value in making our requests known to God is not determined by the outcome. There is value in the sharing itself, in that expressing or planting the seed or strengthening the bond between us and God. And lastly, what Jesus says gives us a way to look at prayers that seem to go unanswered. In becoming a parent, that's actually been one of the most eye-opening things. You find that your kids come to you with requests, and sometimes you can make it happen, and that is the most wonderful thing. And sometimes you can't make it happen. Sometimes because what they want wouldn't be good for them. And sometimes it's just not within your power to do or change. And that is one of the hardest feelings. But even if you can't do it, you don't want your kids to stop asking. I mean, maybe yes, when they're pestering you at Target, you do. <laughs> but even then, not really. You want them to tell you what they want and what they need. It's part of knowing them and then expressing themselves and becoming who they are. And when it comes to God with some of our prayers, like when we pray for our loved ones to be restored to health, or for a vital need for us or for someone else, or for the healing of our world. I imagine God's not there deciding whether or not to grant the request. I believe God is there saying back, 
I know, my child. I want that. That's my prayer, too. We can approach God shamelessly, without shame or fear. As children of God, in conversation with our divine parent. So when you pray, offer your prayers, your desires, your heart, to one who looks at you and holds creation with all the love there is. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.